Welcome to the Brandma's House Podcast with the ghetto country grandmother herself, Phyllis Williams Strauder. I'm her future trophy husband and hype man, and I'm just here for the intro. GCB is a certified brand strategist, business coach, and life coach. She's also the founder of Brandmoss House, an agency that loves on the brand challenge entrepreneur. GCB is here to spill the tea on all things branding because spilling bourbon is just wrong. And here she is now, the ghetto country brand mother herself, Phyllis Williams Strauder. Hey, brand babies, it's your ghetto country grandmother. And today I want to talk to you about brand ego. Yes, it's something that I talk about. Yes, it's something that I do. Yes, it's how I relate to my clients. It's all the things. Because a lot of times people ask me, like, Phyllis, how can you be? How can, other than, you know what? So before I go off on a tangent, y'all know I will. Let's get on into it. Are you tired of being branded as a solopreneur? Is your brand doing everything that it should? Is your brand doing its social media job? Is your long form content hitting branded SEO boxes? If your yeses and nos are in the wrong places, get ready for a brand ego check. This is not a brand audit. A brand ego check looks at how you connect the dots of your life, brand, and business. The Ghetto Country grandmother created her brand ego method particularly for solopreneurs struggling to scale their brand based on their individuality. You'll gain insights and action steps to level up your personal and business brand. You'll also have more confidence and consistency throughout your brand touch points. Go to the link in the description to schedule your brand ego check today. All right, brand babies, grand ego is something that I termed back when I was doing clubhouse rooms. I don't do them as much anymore. I'll pop in and out and all that kind of stuff. I still kind of love clubhouse, even though other folks be hating on it. It ain't my business. But I started talking about brand ego. I think it was last year. Then last year, I think it was last year. But anyway, it's, it, it became a thing for me because I hear a lot of people talk about, you know what, either imposter syndrome or I don't know how to market or there's all these different ways of me, how I identify that people don't have a strong enough brand ego. And I think ego has gotten a bad rap over the years because people who don't have it complain about people who do. And I'm not talking about people who have arrogance. That's a totally different thing. But taking pride in your work, taking pride in yourself and the way you dress and the way you look, it's not necessarily being prideful, but it's like, you know what? I feel good today. I feel good about myself. And people seem to think that there's something wrong with that. And so they try and wrap it in another term, but sweetie, it's ego. I'm sorry. Some of us have a fragile one. Some of us have a strong one. And it's, it's just is what it is. You can't take it out of, well, you can take it out of context all the fuck you want. But anyway, and as it relates to branding for me, what I was, what I was taught when I was studying brand strategy and all the different things is that there's brand identity and brand image. And that sat with me for a while and I was okay with it and I accepted it. And then I didn't because the way that it was explained to me is that brand identity is how you see yourself through your logo, your voice, and all of these other things. That's your brand identity. And then um, your brand your brand image was how you were perceived based on that identity, how people saw you. And so in that is your brand. I fucking don't agree. No, not anymore. 
I, I drank the Kool-Aid, I will not lie. And I still sip every now and then, but I'm not fully accepting that as what it is and what it should be. So let me explain. I'm going to tell y'all. So when I think about identity, and that is a very strong thing in our house, my daughter is always talking about identity because, you know, she's of that age and that's what they talk about now. How I identify, please. What you see is mostly what you get. <laughs> but in, in the same thing, I, I get it because I am a six foot one loud ass black woman. I am. I accept that. I know that it's all the things. And so when people see me, they identify me as such, but then they also don't know that I identify as empathetic, sympathetic, strong will, stubborn, selfish, nice, kind, loving, protective. I identify as all those things as well. So my identity is more than what I put on display. Let me put it that way. It's more than what I put on display. So then that would have to change my image. My image, again, how people perceive me ain't none of my business. I love when my chick, Lisa Nichols, talks about when she, there's a clip of her and she put on her glasses because what people think about you ain't none of your business. I so agree. But when you talk about it from a brand perspective, when you talk about brand image, and I get so fucking tired of people saying they, they constantly repeat what Jeff Bezos says, your brand is what it, what people say when you're not in the room. Oh, give me a fucking break. Because if they're talking about you when you're not in the room, you should have been controlling that narrative. That brand image should have been the one that you're putting out. Now, how they perceive it is none of your business. I agree to a, a certain extent that your brand lives in the mind of everybody who comes in contact with it. Because everyone has a different perception. Everyone takes things in differently. And it just is what it is. But in the same vein, if someone is perceiving your, your brand incorrectly, then you should be the one correcting it because you should have been leading it in the first fucking place. You know what? I'm going to stop with the fucks because I think I'm giving too many today. <laughs> Talking about my brand image and my brand identity, I'm like, no, it does not work for me that way. So the way I flip the script and how I work with my clients, my brand identity, this is my DNA. This is, this is. What people usually put on a brand are purpose, vision, mission, and values, okay? They say that's your substance. I'm saying it's a code. You got to break the code to your DNA. And so it's about how you contemplate your future. It's about the objectives that you set. It's about the dedication and determination you put into this game. And it's about coming at this shit ethically. Ethically, which is a lost word in this. Oh my God. I couldn't tell you the last time I heard somebody talk about their ethics. Oh, they talk about their values all day long. But baby, are you ethical? Oh, y'all, some shady asses. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Even at that, understanding your code and your DNA, especially as a solopreneur, because you're down here being a business of one and everything that is birthed out of you is yours. So while I don't subscribe to the, to the, you are your brand, y'all know that, but understanding that how you identify the brand comes from a code, a code only you have. And so we see, we see the normal the, the I, I won't even call it normal, but the, the, the traditional way of what I was taught about brand strategy, coming to that whole purpose, vision, mission, values, and stuff. It's, it's like, okay, do you even know what to do with that? 
Because if you're doing it for a brand, this is something that's supposed to be internal. But you see it on people's websites. You see them, oh, my mission is this. And really, I, I don't think I give to, you know what? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but it's, it's such facade bullshit. And people are so trying to get more attached to the brands that they spend money with. And so when you're a solopreneur and you're, you, 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 you have the, the right thing at heart by saying you are your brand, cause you're putting it all on the table, but in the same vein, sometimes you're putting too much on the table and then your feelings get hurt because now you take it personally. And the thing about a brand is you have to separate yourself to a certain extent that you don't take it personally. Because then you get caught up in having, like I say, I try not to bring my pettiness to my brand and my business because I do have a petty side. But do I identify as petty? On occasion. But does my brand identify as petty? No. I had to, phys I had to actually rein myself in on a, on, a, on a keynote that I was giving because I was about to get petty and telling the story. I'm like, oh, no, y'all, I can't do that. That's petty. That's petty. I call myself out on stage, okay? So how I identify, there are certain identifying traits that I want to bring into my brand. So it's, it's based on this code of how I contemplate the future, how I set objectives for this thing, how I'm dedicated and determined and how I'm going to be ethical, okay? So then if if I have if I have my, my brand identity on that side, my DNA, how I'm bringing this whole thing together, then what's my brand image? Okay, so when I'm talking about my brand identity, I'm talking about how I play. So how I play depends on my personality, the language that I use, the archetype that I want to filter it through, and the yarn that I spin. And for y'all that are too young to know what a yarn is, a yarn is a story. It's how you tell your shit. So my brand image is based off of that. The personality, the language, the archetype, the yarn. It's a play. It's how I play. It's how I come to the game. Okay. So now we have our brand identity and we have our brand image. So what brings those two together? Y'all, for me, like I said, it's your brand ego. And it's not a, a place of arrogance. It's not a place of, of bullshit and, and faking it till you make it and all that nonsense. But your, your ego is how you set up camp because you have to go from an identity to having an ego. And I've done a little research on this. So I've been digging a little bit because I wanted to better understand ego. And like I said, this is coming from a woman who is self-conscious most of the time because I am 6'1". I was always the tallest girl in the class or in a room or all that stuff. So that makes me kind of self-conscious. But fuck that. I'm not talking about that right now. I'm talking about brand ego as how you set up camp. Okay. So we're going to talk about your content, your audience, your marketing, and your positioning. And if you put an S on that in your camps, you're going to talk about how you do your sales. And so when you put yourself in a position, when you set up camp the way that you want to, then it's so much easier for you to step out and stop with the, with the imposter syndrome that you don't have to feel uncomfortable about what you say. And then you come at it from a standpoint of, you know what? My personal brand endorses my business. I'm not pitching. I'm not selling. I don't have an elevator pitch. Somebody asked me what I do. You know what? I show self-aware solopreneurs who are starting over how to scale with impact. That's the thing. I show self-aware solopreneurs who have shiny object syndrome how to rein that shit in. So these are things of how I set up camp. These are things of, of who I help. But it's based on the ego that I have that I can do those things. 
I can help you rein in the shiny objects. I can help you show, I can show you how to scale because so y'all, I'm going down a rabbit hole because this is supposed to be about brand ego. And it comes from a place, especially for people who are doing something other than chasing money. And so y'all know, don't, like I say, don't ever get it twisted. There is no reason to be in business if you're not trying to make no money. Trust and believe. Now, how much you're trying to make ain't none of my business. Y'all going after six figures, seven figures, and all of that kind of stuff, that's fine. But nobody can truly promise you that thing unless you put in the work. They can tell you, I give you the tools to make six figures, but no, they don't, they, they won't say that. They'll say, I'll have you at six figures by such and such a date. I am never comfortable saying that because the only thing that I can promise you is the tools to do so. Because I don't know how you're going to charge your price. I don't know how you're going to write your copy. I don't know what kind of marketing you're going to do. So for me to promise you six figures based on you having to take action, sweetie, how am I going to make that promise for you? That's a promise you got to make for yourself. So anybody with a good program, a process, a framework or something can get you to six and seven figures because you're the one taking action. But I'm going off the rail again. See, shiny object syndrome. <laughs> Back to brand ego. Brand ego is the thing that brings those two things to, that bring brand identity and brand image together because I'm sitting here in the middle of it. And so when I listen to people who have more than me, who are further along than me. When I'm starting out at level two, I'm, I've at least made it to level two and I'm looking at somebody at level 10, that gap seems so fucking big. And so I'm trying to do everything they're doing, not realizing that I don't have the team, the capacity, the space, the bandwidth, the energy to do that shit because I'm trying to set up my camp based on their terms. When social media became a thing, everybody's like, oh, go grab all your names. You need to be on all the platforms. Really? That shit is tiring when you're a business of one. And then they say, well, you got to find where your audience is. Really? I don't know how to do that. So what am I supposed to do now? And there's all these different variables of how you get to where you're going and people making you promises that when you succeed, they take the credit because it was their program. But in actuality, and I probably shoot my own self in the foot with this, but in actuality, like I said, if you follow the program that is laid before you, if it's a legit program, you can get to that place. But solopreneurs are out here, they're bootstrapping, they're struggling, and they're doing all the things that seem like so much work because they want to get back to the thing that they enjoy. And so they set up camp based on somebody else's that is 10 steps ahead telling them what to do. Oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. It's just like customer journeys. I've been looking at customer journeys for a minute. I see them as a necessity. Hell, I don't know. But with everybody being able to have the world at their fingertips, literally on a phone, you can look up damn near anything. But anybody who's trying to make money at something is not going to give you everything. And so you sit here and you try to figure it out. Instead of figuring out how to make money to go pay somebody to help you do it quicker. Because that's what you should be actually paying for. It's like, you know, what? it's going to take me two or three years to get to my hundred thousand. But if someone is saying like, I can give you this process that's going to get you there faster. Sweetie, if it's a legit process, go find a way to pay the coins so that you can shorten that time. Yes, it's going to hurt financially for a minute. 
But if you're setting up your camp in the way that you want to, trust and believe, it'll be money well spent because this is how you roll. This is how you show up. People, I, I promise you, I get, even when I'm not doing business, people like, I love your energy. I love your vibe. And half the time, it's just me being me in a way that I want to make sure everybody in the room is heard, seen, felt, whatever. And so that's important to me because I lived a whole lot of my life of either trying not to be seen or being upset about not being seen. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy for real. So that's the kind of energy I put out. If I see somebody sitting somewhere by themselves, sweetie, what you doing over here? And either you want to be bothered or you don't. But I have enough of a sixth sense to know, you know what, you need to back the fuck up, leading people alone. They mind in their business. They don't want to be bothered today. Or I have enough sense or enough of my sixth sense to say, you know what? So do you want me to sit down here with you for a minute? You want somebody to talk to so you're not sitting over here by yourself? Because a lot of times people don't want to be alone. It's the people that you see reading a book. <laughs> they don't want to be bothered. But so many of us now are distracted by our cell phones that we don't even need a book. We, we lost the ability to engage. I know there are a lot of people out there that want to get paid for their thinking. And that's a good thing. You should be able to think critically. That, that, that should be a, a great skill. Even if you think critically, can you have the conversation to sell what it is that you're thinking about? Do you have the bandwidth to sit down and have a conversation with somebody in active listening or to actively listen? I'm sorry, because somebody's spitting everything at you. And mind you, this is coming from a person that is bad at taking notes. Oh, I suck. Oh, college was hard. <laughs> but I listen. Sometimes I over talk because I get excited and all that stuff, but I'm listening. Because baby, I want you to make sure that I heard you. So when 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 you tell me about your camp, it's like, okay, then this is probably how we should set this up. Because it puts you in a better position to get back to the thing that you love. If what I love doing, I, I knit and I crochet. And I've been doing that since I was about 16, 15, somewhere back there. But if that's what I want to do, and I decide to monetize it. And I'm not good at selling. I'm not good at marketing. I don't have a fucking brand. What am I going to do? So even if, if I decide to go sit somewhere in public so people can see what I do, and mind you, TikTok is a public space now. Anybody who's creating anything that you can visually show, y'all all should be marketing on TikTok. I'm just going to put that out there for real. Marketing, not selling, not pitching. Yeah, but you, you it's a whole ass thing. But anyway, if I'm sitting there and someone comes up and asks me, what are you doing? I should be able to have that conversation in order to be, to be able to convert that into a sale. When I was still living in Oregon, like just before we moved, I was sitting at the post office and a woman came out of the store and she had on this crochet dress and I could tell that it was handmade. Not that it was poorly made, but I could just tell that it was handmade and I really liked it. So I said something to her. Now she was not prepared. She told me, she's like, oh yeah, I made this and da, da, da. She gave me the whole story. I said, oh, she said, yeah, I usually sell for about so-and-so amount of monies. Yeah, I'm going to my kid days. So-and-so amount of monies. And I was like, oh, well, give me your number. This is a woman that is willing to sell a product or an item. 
She didn't have a website. She didn't have a card. She didn't have a story to go with it. Well, she kind of had the story of how she made her dress. But it's like, if you're willing to sell that thing, be prepared to sell that thing. She had no camp set up. She had no place to show me another dress that I might like or turn me into a, a forever customer because there was no camp set up. There was, it was, and I can't even say she had brand ego because there was no brand involved. There was nothing. It was just her wearing her dress and I happened to like it. And I asked her about it. She told me about it. I usually charge this. And when I heard the price, I know she was grossly undercharging. Does anything made by hand? Oh, sweetie, you need to pay. You need to roll people out their money. I'm sorry. That takes work. Just like as much as it hurts my heart for restaurants to raise their prices, I think all of them should raise their prices. The independent restaurants. I'm not talking about the McDonald's and the franchises and all of that. Because people don't understand how much work goes into that and how hard it is to hold on to staff because of that. You guys don't want them to raise their prices, but then you're going to tell them to pay more to add benefits and all of this stuff. Okay, are you going to pay me more so that I can pay my staff more? But I'm getting off track. Let me come back. We're talking about brand ego. So when you're talking about your brand ego and you come out here and you're putting out content, what type of content are you putting out? Okay, is it something that you want to do? Or is it something that you copied? Or is it something that you made up? It makes a difference. And then having an audience that is drawn to something, because you are a business of one, because you are a business of one, you're probably going to use your personal brand to attract them. And that's fine because your personal brand should be endorsing your business if you plan to grow and scale beyond the business of one. If you don't, then sweetie, you wear all the hats, you carry all the weight, you know what you do the thing. But if you're trying to attract an audience, the audience is going to be attracted by the personal brand. My personal brand, Ghetto Country Grandmother. Y'all don't know, Phyllis, not like you think you do. Because see, there are certain parts of me that only folks around me will love. I tell you, your your whole self is too brilliant for one person outside of that person that loves you to the day you die. That's usually your parents, your children. I don't know. Some people got strange relationships. They don't like each other. But that ain't my business either. <laughs> but to attract an audience, you have to put yourself out there. And you have to know who you're talking to. Like I said, my my recent revelation and and just a little backstory and sidetrack. I just finished creating a marketing planner. And one of the things about the marketing planner is there's something about this that that I need to put I need to put to use myself. And so I was looking at my audience and I was trying to find a common theme or a common thread or something that ran through them. Because most of my 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 audience consists of cooks, creatives, and cooks, creatives, and coaches. And by cooks, I mean restaurant owners or people who, especially in the barbecue industry, because that's where I come from, the barbecue industry, but cooks, creatives, and coaches. And so with that audience, if I always want to market something, not always, but if I want to market something and I'm saying this is specifically for the coaches and this is specifically for the, for the creatives and all of that, yes, I can segment that out. If I wanted to have one thing, if I wanted to have call my audience by one name, I realized just recently that my audience is shiny object chasers like myself. Chasing shiny objects is not a bad thing, but it can be a distracting thing. Let me put it like that. Finding out who my audience is and who I'm talking to and letting them know how to rein in all those shiny objects 
to turn it into a brand, this is what I figured out how to do. And it's because I don't try and make them fit the mold of a company. Sweetie, it starts with you. I don't try to make you fit the mold of an audience who has money in hand. No, it starts with you. So all those shiny objects you're chasing, sweetie, let's move it over here. And so how you set up camp, how you code, how you play, all of those things are based around you and that being that solopreneur, being able to embrace that brand ego because we're, we're doing this on the regular. It's like, okay, let's do this. Okay, let's do this again. Because part of it is repetition. You have to know where you're going with all of this in order to make it work. You have to have enough brand ego to say, yes, I want this thing. Two questions I'm going to tell you to ask yourself right now. And you may not even have the answers, but I'm going to ask it anyway. And I know y'all ain't going to talk back to me, but if you send me an email or something, I will respond in some shape, form, or fashion. But here's the thing. Two questions I always ask. What are you afraid of? What is your biggest fear about the thing that you're doing? And most people, they go to the, to the I can tell you, most of y'all are going to say money, not making enough money, not getting any sales, not getting any leads. That's your biggest fear when it actually goes deeper than that, but I'm not going to go down that road. But then the other thing I ask is what do you want to be famous for? And most people say, oh, I don't want to be famous. Bullshit. Because the only way you're going to sell something is if you're famous. I don't even care if you're famous on a small scale. I don't know every celebrity in the world, but I know the ones that I know because they're famous to me and to millions of others. Then there are other famous people I know nothing about. There are billionaires out there. I probably couldn't tell you their name. I couldn't point them out in a lineup, nothing, but they're famous in their circle. It's not depending on the money that they have because some people have a whole lot of money and they mind their business. If you know the Johnson & Johnson product and the Johnson family, Y'all point them out to me because there's a whole lot of Johnsons running around the world. But I bet you don't know which ones own Johnson & Johnson because it started with a family. It's a thing. So when I ask, what do you want to be famous for? You have to own that. Otherwise, you are sitting on what will make you famous. You guys know I come from a, from a food background. Being in that world, what a lot of restaurants depend on is their food making them famous. They don't have enough confidence in one thing to have a limited menu. So when you go to a restaurant, you're flipping pages, you're looking for things. It's like, oh, I'm hungry. I don't know what I want. But see, if they sold a limited menu, then the decision wouldn't be so hard. When you give people too many choices, they'd rather not make a choice. That's a thing. When you limit the choices, like, okay, I got a choice between this, this, and this. It's a lot easier. We used to... <laughs> We had a barbecue restaurant and our tagline was real good meat, but we was ill. Have vegans and vegetarians. Do you have anything? No. Oh, well, you should serve. Your business would be better. My business is fine because I serve real good meat. I didn't ask for a vegan or a vegetarian to come in here and buy anything. There are so many other restaurants that cater to vegans and vegetarians, or you can eat at home. Yes, I'm that bitch. I told y'all, empathic bitch. Yes, yeah, sweetie, I love you to death, but get the fuck on. Because how I set up my camp for my restaurant has nothing to do with you came here with your friends. Your friends should have told you, oh, they don't have nothing on the menu for you. We, we better stop and get you something. That's my thing. My brand ego was so strong that 
I'm not trying to put another thing on the menu just because somebody might come in and want a vegan or a vegetarian meal. It's not my thing. Now, when I'm catering, totally different thing. Oh, I can do you 10 vegetarian or, or, or I didn't, we didn't do vegan. We did vegetarian stuff. I can do you 10 vegetarian things because that's a catering thing and that will not be wasted. But when you come into my space, how I set up my camp, sweetheart, it is all the things. I tell people all the time, yes, I'm ghetto country, I'm loud, I'm all the things, but I am respectful of other people's spaces. So when people come to me for help, for assistance, for guidance, for, for whatever, sweetie, you're coming into my space. And so here are the rules, the boundaries, whatever you want to call them. But now if I come to your space, I am tactful. I'm still me, but I am respectful of your space. And so people are like, well, isn't that cold switching? No, it's not. It's being respectful. And a lot of y'all don't even know how to do that anymore. How are you going to come disrespect my house? I would never do that to you. So how I set up my camp, grandma's house, sweetie, the rules of this house are what they are by the way that I set up my camp and the DNA that's been baked all up and through. It's the code that I live by. It's the code that I brand by that runs this house, that gives me the ego to stand 10 toes down in my shit, that helps me project the image that I do. It's just like anytime I do this podcast, y'all don't see it because I don't put post it anywhere. But anytime I do this podcast to get into the to GCB mode, I go grab my glasses. I go grab my fedora. There's a cigar here. I have, I'm in, depending on what time I'm recording, I may have my glass of bourbon sitting right here because I'm in grandma's house. And that's how I set up my camp. Well, not that particular camp. This is just the actual thing, but that's how I get into to GCB. So developing a brand ego as a solopreneur, if you decide that, that once you've grown past a certain point, now you want to bring in the vision, mission, and, and purpose and all that kind of stuff, that's great. But at this level, sweetie, you need to know your code. You need to set up camp and you need to play the game based on your terms as a solopreneur, as a business of one. Stop trying to let everybody dictate everything. Yes, there are a lot of people to aspire to, to be inspired by. But if it doesn't fit you, it doesn't matter how much you listen to them. Oh, so-and-so said, oh, so-and-so said. Well, what the fuck did you say? Tell me what you think. I have a lot of people on my timeline and sometimes it's, such regurgitated bullshit. I love y'all to pieces, but it is regurgitated bullshit. I'm like, seriously, don't you have an original thought about what you do? And that was probably petty, wasn't it? <laughs> I am sorry. I tried it. I try to leave it out. I really do. But I want to hear from you. I don't want to hear what you heard from someone else. Tell me how you're going to use it, how you're going to activate it, how it suits your business, your brand, your life. How is it working for you? It needs to show up for you and you need to show up for your brand, for your business. I'm done. I think I've, I've rambled on long enough. Set up your camp right. Your content, your audience, your marketing, and your positioning. Set it up the way that it fits you. But until you do it for you, it's going to be a raggedy ass camp. You ain't going to be glamping. <laughs> but it ain't no thing but a chicken wing. I'm done. I'm done for real. So let's get on out of here. Five, bullshit happens. So suck it up. Four, your voice is important. So speak up. Three, 
you make the world a more beautiful place. So show up. Two, life is good. So back up. And one, I love you and ain't a damn thing you can do about it. So shut the fuck up. Peace and hair grease, y'all. I'm out. Hey, brand baby. We appreciate you at Brandma's house. If you like what you heard, go ahead and subscribe, then share with your fam and your frenemies. If you didn't get enough and want to stay connected with the GCB, hit her up at GC Brandmother on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can also follow Brandma's House on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest. The links are in the description. Until next time, keep branding by example.